Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. This is the week we celebrate Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, however, is not a holiday only on a calendar. It is the attitude of our heart where we give our gratitude to those with whom we are thankful. First of all, give thanks to God for his love for us and his goodness towards us. This is also a great time to be thankful to those around you. Be thankful for your family members. Be thankful at your job. Speak a word of thanks to someone who has shown kindness and goodness to you. Use this as an opportunity to allow God to express gratitude through your heart and your life to someone else. Now, come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. It was Sarah Josepha Hale, a 74-year-old magazine editor who wrote a letter to President Abraham Lincoln on September the 28th, 1863, urging him to have a day of our annual Thanksgiving made into a national and a fixed union festival, she called it. She explained, you may have observed that for some past years there have been an increasing interest felt in our land to have the Thanksgiving held on the same day in all states. It now needs national recognition and authoritative fixation only to become permanently an American custom and institution. Now prior to this, each state scheduled its own Thanksgiving holiday at different times, mainly in New England and the northern states. President Lincoln responded to Mrs. Hale's request immediately, unlike his predecessors who ignored her petitions. In her letter to President Lincoln, she mentioned that she had been advocating a national Thanksgiving date for 15 years. George Washington was the first president to proclaim a day of Thanksgiving. He issued that request for that Thanksgiving day on October the 3rd, 1789. But on October the 3rd, 1863, there was a proclamation issued by the president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. And in his proclamation, he said, the population has steadily increased notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, referring to the Civil War, the siege and the battlefield and the country, rejoicing in the consciousness of augmenting strength and vigor is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel has devised nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gift of the Most High God, who while dealing with us in anger for our sins, has nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed fitting to me and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea those who are sojourning in foreign fields to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father 
who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly do him for such singular deliverance and blessings, they do also with humble penitence and for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we have unavoidably engaged. And fervently implore the imposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation, to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purpose to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. This was done on the third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1863, by President Abraham Lincoln. It is a blessing and a benefit to live in a country whose president acknowledged the existence of the Almighty God. You might want to remember that because as we are going forward here in this country and in this culture, we are finding that they want to take God out of everything. Out of the Pledge of Allegiance, they want to take one nation under God out. Christ has been taken out of Christmas. They don't want to mention Christ in the schools. So we don't have the Christmas holidays like we used to have. We have winter break in the schools because we don't want to take a chance at saying the name of Christ while we're mentioning Christmas. We don't want a nativity scene. So in order to have a separation of church and state, we want to disavow any connection with God lest we offend somebody else. I was reading in the news over the last couple of weeks in our national cathedral, we've had our first Muslim service. So in the Christian church, we're going to have a Muslim service. I bet we can't have a Christian service in the mosque. Oh, how about going to a mosque and letting the Holy Ghost take over? Folks get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and that with the mighty burning fire. But as we prepare to celebrate what we call Thanksgiving Day, we are challenged more than ever to observe with an understanding and with thankfulness. The believers, the church, has been swept away by the winds of the culture and we follow right in line with the culture and observance of these days that are set aside. We have heard more about Black Friday and which stores will be open on Thanksgiving than we heard about being thankful. Merchants have hijacked this day from ministers. It has become a launching pad for merchandisers while ministers wonder if they should even inconvenience the congregation by having a service on Thanksgiving Eve. Should we really have service on Wednesday? Folks are cooking. So they may not come because they're cooking. Pastor, we're going to have service on Wednesday? I said, let me get this right. Thanksgiving is for God and for us to give thanks to God, but we might not want to do that because the turkey might not get done. Is that what you're trying to ask me? There's no better time than now for the people of God to lift their voices and their hands in praise and thanksgiving to God who gives us all things to enjoy. 
The reason you are here today is because you have made a declaration or at least have come to some understanding that you believe in God. If you don't believe in God, you probably are not here today, but I believe in God. Well, the question is, what kind of God you believe in? And what do you believe about God? See, there is a difference between giving God some thanks and being thankful. Giving some thanks is the occasion. Well, I just thank God. But being thankful is a state of being indicating who you are. I'm a thankful person, but I know of who I'm thanking and why I'm giving thanks. Thankfulness is an attitude of gratitude. Thankfulness is an attitude of gratitude. You can say a blessing of thanks over your meal and still not be thankful. It's just a routine. Lord, I thank you for this meal. You got your eye open looking at what you're finna eat. Lord, I thank you for this meal in Jesus' name. Amen. If we are thankful for the things God has done, we don't wait until the week of Thanksgiving to voice our thanks. He doesn't wait till the week of Thanksgiving to be good to us. Our lives become a lifestyle of offering thanks because we recognize the hand of God working in countless ways in our lives. From the ordinary to the extraordinary, we recognize God's goodness and his blessings. The first step to becoming a person of thankfulness is realizing why we should give thanks to God. Why should we give thanks to God? You know, if a stranger walk up to you and say, you ought to give me some thanks, we're going to say, well, why should I thank you? Who are you? We don't thank someone for something that have never done anything for us. If we go to the scripture, we're going to get a good picture of why we ought to be thankful to God. The people of God, the Israelite, the Jews, who saw and experienced what God did for them, had developed, of course, a culture and an understanding of thankfulness. And we can be summed up in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. You could stop right there. I was waiting for him to, to be the lily of the valley and the bright and morning star. He said, no, listen, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. So we're told who to give thanks to. Give thanks to the Lord. Secondly, we're told why we should give him thanks. And it is because he is good. Because he is good, then his love endures, con remains, continues forever, no matter what. Since God is good, what flows from him is goodness. And we'll see that from the beginning in the book of Genesis, in the first chapter, in the third and fourth verse. It says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that light was good. God says, now this is good. I'm good, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make things that are good and 
admirable and, and available for people to enjoy. So I'm good, so good things are going to come out of me. If you look in the first chapter of Genesis, there are several verses that said, and God made the plants, and that was good. And God made the sea and formed the sea. That was good. God says, I'm good, so I'm going to do some good things. And because he is good, he is our God, we ought to have an appropriate response to the goodness of God. See, one of the strategies of the enemy is to always give you a picture of things that is not good. And he gives us a picture of things that is not good and we will automatically gravitate to and meditate on the things that are not good. And he knows when you do that, you will not give God any glory for the things that are good. And when you walk in, you don't want to praise. That's why you got to have people to give you some instructions on how to praise him. Come on, lift your hands. Why? Because you ain't going to lift your hand. Why are you not going to lift your hand? Because I ain't having a good day. Why you ain't having a good day? You alive. You done walked in through the door. And you had breakfast. And you slept in a house with air conditioning and heat. And, and you drove your nice car and you ain't having no good day? Who told you that? That you can't lift your hands and, and lift your voice and what have you, the, the person who, who might be in a coma, a person who might just had a car accident and can't breathe and they don't know where they're going to live. I can understand them saying they ain't having a good day, but you, because he is good and he's our God, we need to have an appropriate response. Whenever God's people worshiped God with praise and adoration and exaltation, we see the blessings of God and the favor of God poured out on them. In Chronicles, when Jehoshaphat was telling his people, he says, let's praise God because he is good and his love endures forever. If you go back and you read the story, he was surrounded by the enemy and outnumbered. And they were threatening to kill them all. And he didn't know how they were going to survive. They were in a death situation. And the Lord told him, say, go on out to battle. It's not yours. It's mine. And he said, well, let's go out praising God. Come on, let's lift up our voices. And he said, let's send a cry. Let's send the praisers out there in front of the military. Let's send the praisers in front of those who's got ammunition and weapons. And let's just praise God. You know what we're going to say? Praise God for he is good. And his love endures forever. That was the song they were singing. Praise God. The enemy is all around us. But praise God. He is good. They're trying to kill us. But praise God. Because he is good. They're trying to take everything we have. Our wives and our children. And our lives and our livelihood. Come on. Let's go out and say. Let's praise the Lord. If you read that story. They wonder what's wrong with these people. They see us over here trying to kill them. And they're coming out singing. This must be something we don't know. Finna happen. The Bible said the next thing you know, all the enemy were dead because the Lord's angels came and fought the battle for him. And he'll do the same for you when you know how to give him some things. As we look at the scripture, we see reference after reference about praising the Lord. How they just magnified the Lord and praised the Lord for who he is. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5 verse 13, they would say the trumpeters and the singers joined in unison with one voice to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised to the Lord. And they sang this song, he is good. His love endures forever. 
In the book of Ezra, chapter 3, verse 11, it says, With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. They sang this song. He is good, and his love to Israel endures forever. Psalms 54, 6, they said, I will sacrifice a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. Lamentations chapter 3, they say the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks after him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Come on, somebody just say God is good. I know we, we got this little cliche now. We say God is good all the time. Come on, God is good, everybody. Yeah, he good all the time. And then we go and we just complain and we don't praise him for that. That's not praising him just to say that. Praising him and say, Lord, I'm lifting my voice now. I'm praising you because you are good. And I know you are good. The old song used to say, you can't make me doubt him. Why? Because I know too much about him. I've got an experience with God. I know he's good. Then the psalmist came along and demonstrated that he had more to say about the goodness of God. And I want you to grab a hold to this today so when you leave, you are in your heart and in your mind going back through your life and thinking of how you need to start exhorting and praising and saying to the Lord, Lord, I know you are good. Not only do I know you are good, somebody else is going to hear me say you are good because I'm going to lift my voice and I'm going to praise. I don't need no music to have a shout. I don't need no music to lift my voice and say, Lord, you are good good. Somebody ought to hear you say, Lord, thank you. I don't know what you're talking about. They ought to hear you say that in Walmart while you're going down the aisle looking at the potato chips. Oh, thank you, Lord. They say, what happened to them? Oh, I just thought about something God did. Hallelujah. Praise you. Get back. Hey! Yeah, they ought to see that. Now, what's going on? Hey, I was just thinking about the goodness of God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, to, to start nothing here, but Hallelujah. Glory to God. All them potato chips ought to be all messed up over there. Cause, hey! Right? Because you just thought about something. And you say, thank you, Lord. The psalmist here speaking of his trials and hardship. David had trials and hardship. We, we know about his successes with, with Goliath and all the things that he did while he was a king. But he had many, many years where he was running for his life and in despair and wondering whether or not he was ever going to make it. He's speaking of how God delivered his delivered him from his enemies. He's speaking of how God rescued him from the pits and the depths of despair. In Psalms 34, I want you to look at that. Psalms 34, beginning at verse 1, he says this, I will extol the Lord at all times. The King James says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will always be on my lips, or the King James said, will continually be in my mouth. Now, you can just say, well, I wonder why he said that. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will always continually be in my mouth. He said, I, I'm going to do it. That's what he started with. I will bless him. I'm not worried about what you're going to do. I don't know what God has done in your life. I'm talking about me and what I will do. This is personal between me and God. I know what he has done for me. I will bless the Lord. Come on, somebody say, I will bless him. Now, he said, now, listen, he said, I will do it. Not, I may do it, but I'm going to do it. I will bless the Lord. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to bless his name. 
And then he said, I will bless him when? At all time. That means anytime and every time. It's always with me. I got a praise that's with me. It's always on the inside of me. I'm lying to break out anytime. You know, it might just come out anywhere at any time because it's always with me and it's always in my mouth. I will bless the Lord. Any chance I get, I'm going to sneak a praise in. Bless you, Lord. Thank you for that. He says, I will bless him at all times. You know, he says, I'll bless him when I don't feel like it. And I'll bless him when I feel like it. Anytime, all the time, I will bless the Lord. His praise will always be in my mouth. This is David who went through many hardships and many trials. Who said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He making me to lie down in green pastures. He talked about walking through the valleys of the shadows of death. He says, I know what I've been through. I know what God has done for me. And I'm never going to stop praising him. That second verse said, my soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. And then he said, come glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Come on, magnify the Lord with me, somebody. Let us exalt his name together. I'm getting somebody that's going to praise along with me. Somebody know what I am. You know how it is. You ever seen somebody who just got tickled and they just start laughing? You didn't know what they were laughing about, but they were so tickled you start laughing with them. Yeah, the praise is going to be like that. You don't know what you're praising them for, but it's got so contagious. I'm going to jump on in and say, I'm praising them too. Come on, let us exalt his name together. Praise the Lord, somebody. He said, I'm going to tell you why in verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. And he delivered me from all of my fears. You want to know why I'm praying? I sought him, and he answered me. Oh, yes. Those who look at him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. And then he said in verse 6, this poor man called and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. This poor man, this little innocent man, this man that didn't have any power, didn't have any strength. Somebody said, I didn't have no money, but I called on the Lord. He delivered me out of all of my troubles. I was sick and couldn't get well, but I called on the Lord and he healed me. You want to know why? His praise is continually in my mouth. Listen to what I'm telling you. Then he said, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivered them. The angels are watching over me all night, all day. The angels keep a watching over me, my Lord. Hallelujah. But then he said, verse 8, some of y'all looking at me like y'all don't know what's going on. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I don't know what you've gone through this year, but I do know this. God is able to deliver us out of every trial and trouble that we have encountered. The psalmist said, For the Lord is good, and his mercies endure forever. That means that God is always good, and his mercies is always available to us to help us in the time of trouble. One of the things that's important, especially for those of us who are believers, to do is to give thanks to God. No matter what's going on in your life, there is someone who would trade places with you. 
Thanksgiving is not just a day that we celebrate. It is an attitude of our heart. We need the heart of Thanksgiving where we open our mouths and bless the Lord. I want to take a moment to share with you how you can connect with us at The Light of the World. You can join us on Sundays on our live streaming at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And if you would like to connect with us for prayer, call us at our prayer line number at 281-964-1393. There's someone who will stand by you and pray with you. If we don't answer you right away, leave us a message. We'll contact you. I wanted to remind you that we have our bookstore open to the public at The Beacon. Call us if you need church supplies, Sunday school books, Bibles, communion supplies, offering envelopes, or anything you need for your church services. Call us at 281-441-2885. That's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.